morning, Gator Nation. Welcome to another edition of the In All Kinds of Weather Forecast. Um, Dustin and I have agreed that with the amount of shock that the Gators keep administering to him every time the Gators play, that um, I will be the one hosting because he's just he's in a place where he's just going to react to some prompts. And he really, I mean, his his he's mind blown for lack of a better way to put that. Uh, Dustin, I think that's a a good way to to say that and um, it's it's upsetting it's frustrating especially after the Gators lost 34 to 7 to Georgia in their latest game um Gators did do some good things there but ultimately not nearly enough to come away with a win or even keep it close for more than a first half uh, of course I am in all kinds of weather creator and founder Neil Schulman you can follow me on Twitter at all kinds weather as well as on Instagram there uh, Dustin, the usual host who has uh, handed me the roles for another episode, is uh, followable at I A K O W Dustin on Twitter. Dustin, um, I mean, I'm I'm headed down to South Carolina later in the week for work. I got some stuff I got to do for that. You're very busy as well with a work week of your own that is very busy. So let's just get right to it, man. What do you take away from? the Gators most recent performance and, and is it anything new you take away or does it just reinforce what this team has already taught you? Yeah, Neil. Well, of course it's frustrating. I know that coming into the season, we had high expectations. I certainly did. Um, I, in fact, I picked Florida to, to uh, split between Alabama and Georgia win the rest of the games and boy was I wrong. And this team is flawed they're flawed across the board. They have issues both on offense and defense. Um, of course, the biggest issue, in uh, our opinion, being the the person who's at the helm at defensive coordinator. But beyond that, there's other there's other problems all across this team, and and there's nothing like playing the number one team in the country, who also sports a, in my opinion, a. Uh, a once in a decade type defense. I think the last time I saw a defense this good, it, it was probably the 2011 LSU defense. Um, Georgia's phenomenal. And Florida was exposed. Anthony Richardson, who going into the game, we felt would be a problem for Georgia, at least in some regard. Um, he was exposed. He ended up turning over the ball, uh, three times, one of which was completely abysmal. That that uh, pick six was disgusting. Should have never thrown the ball in that spot. Um, Neil, I, I mean, you said it right at the beginning of the show. I'm shocked. Um, we're, we're looking at a very mediocre team who has a lot of soul searching to do. And we're very lucky that the rest of the season, this team gets the chance to play some mediocre opponents that they should beat and hopefully beat handily. But at the same time, Neil, I don't know what to say because honestly, if you look at the rest of the schedule, yeah, there's certainly winnable games, but Florida always finds ways to play down to the opponent. So Florida could very well be upset. I know early in the season, um, I sort of freaked out on you guys because you thought the Missouri game would be a challenge for Florida. Well, I'm going to go on the record right now and say that Missouri will likely be a challenge for Florida. I know this game we're going to we're going to talk about at the end of the show 
this week is at South Carolina. They're terrible. We'll talk about that. But I guess right now my biggest takeaway is this team is mediocre. We're looking at a coach who is clearly in over his head, Dan Mullen, and his, his ego is clearly ruling the day for him. I mean, Neil, real quick, you want to talk about his comments on recruiting? Well, to be honest, no, because if, if I'm huh, – how do I put this? Um, as, as a Florida fan right now, uh, you know, granted, couch tweeter here, um, but as, as a Florida fan, I'm not worried about the defensive coordinator spot for next year. I'm not worried about recruiting. I'm not even worried about the QB spot the rest of the season. I'm Florida fan. I'm worried that this is a bad football team right here. It, it is a bad football team. It's not because we lost 34, seven to Georgia. It's because we have some players who are, are grinding, who are giving their all for that logo that, that Dustin and I have cheered for since birth. We have some players who are, putting their bodies on the line for that logo who are willing to run through a brick wall or at least die trying. And, and I love that. And, and we have some players who quite frankly don't and the results show it. I'm not blaming Anthony Richardson in that regard. The pick six was a bad decision. Uh, you know, when he's getting four or five guys ripping at the ball, he's got to learn. All right. You're not at an advantage here. Just go down, take the eight yards. Do not try to muscle past four different guys with five-star billings. Just take what you got and live to see another play. Um, and what, and you know, even, even the pick that, that Trayvon Walker tipped when he was trying to throw it a gamble on a crossing route and he, he wound up tipping it to Nolan Smith. He'll learn from that. I'm not talking about that. Put, put that aside. Right now, we have a team that's four and four, which is uncharted territory for the Gators. And if, if you, Dustin, I know, I know you're a good, um, you're, you're a devout Christian, so you don't indulge in profanity, and, and I won't either for the sake of this pod. Um, but if you remember Mike Leach going absolutely berserk on his team after a, a, a close win against the Baylor team that they should have absolutely blown out of the water, he said a lot of things in that post-game tirade, which is now on YouTube. I think it's just I think it's simply called uh, Mike Leach after Baylor game, warning explicit language, because you know, there is some of that. If you go through and you watch that video, you will see a lot. And well, more accurately, you will hear a lot of things that very, very closely align with this Florida team. Such as I'm pulling them up on my phone. Play it close, okay? We play that motherfucker close, and everybody's mamas and daddies are telling them how great they fucking are. Because who you played them close? Fuck playing them close. We lost the goddamn game to the University of Texas. That sounds like something that could be applied to this team. Yeah, I think so. 31-29 lost against Alabama. Florida was ranked 11 in the country. That loss doesn't do a damn thing with their ranking. They just sit there. Everyone's telling them, oh, you took big, bad Bama down to the wire. You guys are you guys are great. Just keep going. Keep pushing. I think that loss was the worst thing that could have happened because you know the saying, you either win or you learn? Florida didn't do either one in, in that game. They didn't win the game, and they didn't learn anything from it. 
because we're still seeing the same miscommunications, the same personnel problems that Dan Mullen continues to be responsible for. We continue to see things on the defense, like guys not getting lined up right, guys not knowing their assignments, and thus guys getting burned. We continue to see some players, not all, but some individual players taking plays off. And, and well, you know what? Here's another, here's another Mike Leach quote. No. This they one. do the same fucking thing this year. Because we don't fucking listen, and we can't pay attention to history, and we only half-ass fucking pay attention and listen. Because we want to tell everybody, yeah, one time I was 11 and 2. Well, that doesn't make a shit anymore. That doesn't make a shit. Oh, well, we're a young team. Yeah. One time, we were 11 and 2. One time, we won the Capital One Orange Bowl. Granted, that game was a lot closer than it should have been. Thank you, Grantham, for that. But does, does that sound familiar, Dustin? Because to me, that is what a coach that I would love to throw myself behind and throw my faith into would have been saying to this team after Georgia. F playing them close. We lost the goddamn game instead of Texas in his case. F playing them close. We lost the goddamn game to the University of Alabama. One time, we were 11-2. and two. Well, that doesn't make you you-know-what anymore. That doesn't make you blank. Instead, Dan Mullen goes off the rails, and when he's asked a very simple question about recruiting by David Waters, he goes, yeah, well, we'll, you know, we'll just do it at the end of the year. Just deflects, doesn't take a lot of responsibility. And granted, he did take some – in the post-game presser immediately after the game, that did sound like a guy who was going to make some changes, but then he goes into that press conference on Monday, and it's the same same stuff that he's been doing to drive fans crazy the last few years. So this next month is going to tell us a lot about the Florida Gators, Dustin, because we can go into the X's and O's about what happened against Georgia. The bottom line is Georgia is simply a better football team. They were favored by two touchdowns for a reason. The Gators did play well, but in you know for most of the first half. But then one terrible stretch at the end of the first half completely ruined it for them. And the next thing they know, they blink their eyes and they're down twenty-four nothing, and the game's over at that point. So there are some good things to build on there, but there is also that two-minute stretch that could completely remove the care from their bodies. And I say that because we've seen two teams do that before for Florida. We saw it happen in thirteen. And we saw it happen in 17, where two teams with four losses heading into November wound up completely imploding and falling down the drain. Does that happen to this team? Or does this team bounce back, show a little bit of fight, show some care, show some determination that, you know what, we're going to finish the year strong. It wasn't a good year, but damn it, we're not going out as one of those other four-win teams that Gator fans will forever remember as one of the worst in school history? Nope, not going to be us. We're going to go eight and four. I don't know. Let's see. And, I mean, as for Georgia, Dustin, do you, I mean, we, we can talk a little bit about it, but, I mean, is there anything else big picture you want to say first? And then before we'll, we'll zoom in on the Georgia game. Neil, I just, I just think it's frustrating because – Dan Mullen speaks about the Gators standard all the time, and and obviously we're not even close to that. I mean, the Gators standard is 
competing for championships, plural. Not a, one championship every 10 years. Championships. SEC championships. Competing for championships. And we're barely competing for bowl games at this point. I mean, we're 500 right now. We're 4-4. Four and four. Okay, we lost to LSU, a bad LSU team who is near the bottom of the SEC West. I mean, what, what else can I say, Neil? I mean, I, I mean, if you, if you want to look big picture, I, I mean, I know Anthony Richardson had a few bad plays, didn't play like we hoped he played. But at the end of the day, I still think that he has a bright future ahead of him. I sure hope he can play against South Carolina. I know he's fighting. I believe he's under concussion protocol, so hopefully hopefully it's cleared to come back for that game. And I hope that he's able to play the rest of the season and get viable reps as he prepares to lead the team next year. But beyond that, I mean, we have to recruit. I know, I know it's not really the, the, um, the pattern to, to speak about recruiting midseason, but since uh, Mullen deflected it, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and uh, intercept that deflection. Okay? I know Georgia did. They intercepted the deflection. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's very Trayvon Walker and Nolan Smith-esque of you. Exactly. So while I have the opportunity to intercept that deflection by Dan Mullen, thank you very much, I'm going to say this. What we saw in the field against Georgia is a sign of what can happen to a football team that is not recruiting in the way that the, the rival is recruiting. Okay? I don't, care, I don't care what you have to say about you know, the possibility of there being bags in play, whatever. I'm not going to go there. I will say this. Georgia has a massive recruiting budget, much bigger than Florida's. On top of that, it is clear it is clear that Kirby Smart is passionate about recruiting. It is clear that Kirby Smart sacrificially recruits. He sacrifices time with his own family to recruit and ensure that he is living up to the standard that was set when he was hired at the University of Georgia. Has Georgia won a championship? Not yet. The key word is yet. Why is Georgia in a place to win a championship? Recruiting. And if Florida is not able to recruit, if Florida is not able to consistently get four and five stars, especially on the line of scrimmage, Neil, I am tired of Florida being so inept at recruiting the offensive line, okay? With all due respect to the mid-three stars that we keep on getting, I'm sure they're good kids. I'm sure they would love to be a part of the University of Florida. What the heck, bro? That's not the Gator standard. The Gator standard is getting the most talented players in the country to play for the Orja Blue. The Gator standard is getting four and five stars on the line of scrimmage. When you're talking about a team that has the pedigree of the Pouncey Twins, okay, a team that has uh, the pedigree of, of uh, Marcus Gilbert, you know, I could go on and on and on of offensive line talent that have come from the University of Florida. Trotwine, who, if not mistaken, is, is now uh, coaching up at um, Penn State, right? Yeah, I would love to poach him and Jawan Sider back, but go ahead. Keep going. I mean, 
we need to be elite on the line of scrimmage. Because if you look at Georgia, Georgia is elite on the lines of scrimmage. And they suck at quarterback. Stetson Bennett looked terrible. But they still beat us by, what is it? What's the math on that? 27, 27 points? points? They beat us by 27 points. Because they, they, they out-recruited Florida. That game was not one Saturday night. That game was one in living rooms over the last four years. All right. Well, hold on. Hold, on, tired hold, on, hold on. Hold on. Dustin, look, there, there is no debate. You will get no debate, and I mean 0.0, .0 debate for me, that Florida is not recruiting at the level it should be. Like, we agree on that. Recruiting isn't why Florida lost the game. Anthony Richardson being a freshman's why Florida lost the game because there's one fumble inside his own 15-yard line. There's a pick on a ball that he should never have thrown. The next play, Kiaris Jackson burns Rashad Torrance for a 36-yard touchdown as Destin Bennett happens to hit with about five yards of separation. And then he throws a pick six or Richardson, that is, throws a pick six to Malik Davis, who had stopped his route and was just sitting there five yards behind the line of scrimmage. And Nicobe Dean Neil. jumps out, picks it off, and takes it all the way back. That's not recruiting. That's Richardson being a freshman plus a bust by our defense. That said, Neil. recruiting is, is – if we keep this up, it will be responsible for losses in the future. And, and I'll go back and I'll say again, recruiting is not why we lost to Kentucky. A blocked kick that went back for six is why we went back to Kentucky. Is why we lost to Kentucky. Recruiting is not why we lost to LSU. Todd Grantham's refusal to adjust – out of his 4-2-5 defense that was obviously not the best way to stop the counterplay was why we lost that game. And Alabama recruiting wasn't why we lost that either. Emory Jones throwing a bad interception and the defense just taking a nap in the first quarter was why we lost that game. Florida's not as talented as Alabama and Georgia for sure, but the talent gap itself isn't that huge. It's going to be if we don't fix things fast. That's my worry. What does 2023, 4, 5, 6, 7, et cetera, what do those years look like if we don't fix this? Because we're still dealing with a lot of the – I hate to give Jim McAway credit, but he did he, – he was a sneaky, solid recruiter that gave us a lot of ballers. And, and I'll grant Florida that no Ventrell Miller is really hurting. but And, and the coaching is, is really hurting because – I'll mention it again. Todd Grantham chose to run James Houston off, and for the first six weeks of the year, he was leading the FCS in sacks at Jackson State. Well, is that recruiting, or is that just a dumbass coach being a dumbass? So, like, I don't, I don't blame recruiting for these losses, although I do see validity in the argument that if Florida had five stars littered across the board, it would have been easy to use those five stars as whiteout. And, you know, with, with a supremely talented team with nothing but five stars and a few high four stars on the roster could effectively wipe out some of our coaches' missteps. But recruiting is not why Florida's four and four right now. Recruiting is going to be responsible for Florida being four and four, or five and three, 12 months from this day if things don't really pick up and fast. So it is an issue. Do not make any mistake. Recruiting is a big issue in Gainesville. But it's not why Florida currently sits at four and four right now. Neil, uh, let me say this: the, the the loss to Georgia was not Anthony Richardson's fault. Not not one bit. Not at all. 
Not one lick. The reason why we lost to Georgia is because this team is soft. Florida's soft, and I'm tired of it. Now, they're not soft everywhere. There's a couple players that, that I think are exceptional. Uh, I'm going to interrupt you very quick to point out that, that being soft is also not recruiting. But, okay, go ahead. Okay. Maybe. Well, I mean, I guess it could be, but a lot of the guys playing are upperclassmen and are, are McElwain's recruits. But I digress. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the case. Maybe we need one more year where it's all it's all uh, Dan Mullen recruits. Okay. I'll give you that. But I'm not going to put the loss on Anthony Richardson. Well, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue that it's not his fault. I mean, look, I'm I'm not I'm not haranguing him. I'm not gonna you know throw all kinds of blame at him because he is a he is a freshman, um, and he was put out there against a very good defense. Got a bit of a deer in headlights look at times, but he. I mean, I I put that also on Mullen if you want to. If you want to deflect blame away from AR fifteen, yes, absolutely. Uh, because Mullen could have been starting him for a month before, and thus that would not have been his first start. So you could have kind of eased into that game. But you also can't debate the fact that Richardson fumbled the ball when he saw when he he felt four or five pairs of arms, like he felt eight, nine, ten hands, human hands belonging to really strong dudes poking his arm, punching his ribs, trying to knock that ball out. You got to feel that. And instead of going down, willingly going down and just ending the play there, he chose to try to beat four or five guys and run them all over and then got the ball ripped out because none of them were trying to tackle him. So he's got to learn that. So that's objectively his fault. Am I saying bench him? He sucks? No, he'll learn from it, but that was his fault. The interception he threw to him, it attended to be for Kimori Gamble. He'll learn not to throw a crossing route to a guy that's running right over the middle while a linebacker is lurking there. He'll learn to see that, or he'll learn to feel that a guy is there and not throw that ball. But he didn't do that. It was his arm. It was him. It was AR-15 that threw that ball that got picked because it was deflected and thrown in a spot that it shouldn't have been thrown to. That is his fault. Doesn't mean he sucks. Doesn't mean he should be benched. He'll learn, but that was his fault. And then the pick six. He'll learn that Georgia and a lot of other really talented teams that Florida could be facing in the future are going to have corners that can make up a lot of ground in the snap of a finger like that. And a guy that's sitting there and sitting stationary, not moving one way or another, might look open for now, but if you don't detect a different color jersey suddenly in a blur flying in that direction, you might throw another one. You got to learn that just because a guy's sitting there and looks open doesn't necessarily mean he will be by the time the ball gets there. That was his fault. It was his arm that threw that ball. It was his brain that told him to throw that ball. That was his fault. So again, I'm not dropping my expectations of AR-15 or my hopes for AR-15 for the future by one bit because of this game, because this was a very good defense. I mean, a historically good defense, I think. And his first start, so he'll learn, he'll grow, he'll get better. But, oh, yeah, this is definitely his fault. I don't Neil, know if anyone – Neil, know, again, I'm, I'm, I think you're near side in that statement. We could argue till we're blue in the face. I vehemently disagree. Okay. Well, I mean, you tell I, me then. The, the defense, how did Georgia get twenty-one other points? Other than other than the pick six, the defense 
gave up each of those touchdowns. The defense oh, every, he gave Georgia every, the ball at the 11-yard line, and then at the 36-yard line. What do you expect him to do? Look, I do. that was an excellent play by Georgia's defense. I do not blame Anthony Richardson one lick on that fumble. That was not his fault. That was an incredible, incredible play by Nolan Smith, a player that Florida wanted, okay? A Florida that, play, a Florida that players should have – Florida should have gotten him. He went to IMG, which is Florida's backyard, and Florida's not getting those kind of players. It's recruiting, okay? But it's it sure – it sure is – and I don't cuss. So I'm not going to do that. But, Neil, it was not AR's fault. Florida's defense, okay? Florida's offensive line, okay? Critical false starts again. I'm not going to cast any blame on the, on, in totality on the loss on – AR-15. Did he have a role? Yes, the entire team had a role. Okay? But you got to put on Dan Mullen more than AR-15. Oh, well, sure. He, he's the head guy. It always starts at the top. That That's your saying. When the fish stings, it starts at the head. But listen, I'm not... Again, I'm not dropping my hopes or my, my belief or my faith in AR-15 for the future because of this one game. I'm not saying Florida should bench him, go back to Emory Jones, he sucks. Whatever. I'm not saying any of that. He's going to learn. He's going to get better because of this performance. But it was his arm that threw the pick six. It was his arm that threw the other interception that he should never have thrown because, granted, it wasn't a ball that was bad enough that deserved to be picked off. But it was still a ball that he should have known not to throw. And ultimately, he's got to feel four or five guys all trying to tackle the football, realize, uh-oh, I can't play keep away from four different people. I have to just go down and end the play before this gets bad. And you want to play the defense? Fine. Kiaris Jackson had way too much space on that touchdown bomb from Bennett. I would have preferred to not see the defense part like the Red Sea on the James Cook touchdown to make it 10 nothing late in the first half. Um, but – I can't blame it on them. They're put in bad positions. And yes, Mullen is to blame for this loss, but not because of any play calling issues. We'll get to that in a second. That's going to be a fun discussion too, because Dustin and I have had a preview of that discussion. So we'll have it out in a second, but not because of that, because he should have been playing AR-15 for a month already. He was hurt against USF. Fine. Wasn't healthy against Alabama. Fair enough. Tennessee. Kentucky, Vanderbilt, a couple plays here. LSU, finally in the second half, should have been starting well before he did. But, Dustin, I, I just teased it. Let's get to the play calling that Florida fans are accusing Dan Mullen of not doing a good job with. They point to the fourth and 13. Dustin, I am fully cognizant of the fact that converting a fourth and 13 is ridiculously low percentage for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is that the defense knows you have to get 13 yards and thus all 11 guys are going to be, if not standing behind that first down line, thinking about getting there if they're not rushing the QB. So I get that. Dustin, what was the alternative on that play? Florida was at the 34-yard line of Georgia. What, what, was the, what was the other possible route he could have gone there? Well, in theory, it could have punted. From the 34 of the opponent, you're yeah. going to punt. Could have. Does that make um, a lot of sense? He also could have kicked a field goal. 
But of course, the field goal kicker was doing horrible. So I think he made the right call. In fact, I think he should have went for it uh, when Crispin kicked the first 51-yarder. See, see, I flipped you on this because you didn't say that the first time, but I've convinced you. Florida's haranguing Dan Mullen. How can you go for it on 4th and 13? How can you go for it on 4th and 7? Well, because what else is he going to do? Crispin missed a 23-yarder. Like, that's, that's like 2015 open tryouts dentist Neil McInnes level bad. I mean, and we know Chrisman's a talented kicker. He, he was money at Mississippi State for a few years. He was solid to start this year after he came in for Chris Howard, after he missed the PAT. But special teams, man, what the hell? I mean, you, you want to talk about recruiting being a problem. I, I fully agree that it's a problem, but I don't think it's a problem that's going to show its ugly head until next year and the year after that. I don't think it's responsible for the problems this year. If Florida has a kicking game this year, Dustin, they're 6-2. and Because the kicking game, the low kick, got blocked and then returned for a touchdown against Kentucky. If Florida makes that kick, they win that game. 16 to yeah, 16 to 13. They would have won that game cuz take away 7 for Kentucky, give Florida 3. It would have been ugly, would have been nail-biting, but Florida wins that game with a with a good kicker. Alabama missed extra point, throws off their approach on the last touchdown, they have to go for two. They don't get it. That game could have gone to overtime and then who the hell knows what happens next. Forget all the other problems that Florida has, and there are a lot of them. Just with a kicking game, Florida 6-2 and two right now. Not in the national championship race, but they're still ranked. They would, they would have been in those initial CFP rankings that we saw on Tuesday night. They would, they would probably be in the top 15. Yeah, the LSU loss was still bad. You can't blame kicking for that, but they would have been in the top 15, even with two losses, with one of them coming to Georgia, and they would have still have a real shot at a New Year's Six game. Think about that. Just, just think about that. For all the litany of problems that this Florida team has with a competent kicking game, this team is 6-2. and two. So forget recruiting for right now. Oh, yes, we will discuss it, and we will discuss it in no shortage of detail very, very soon, but with a good kicking game, this team right now, not the teams of the future, but this team right now in 2021 is 6-2. That's why Mullen didn't kick a field goal. That's why he went forward on 4th and 13, because he saw Crispin miss that first kick, and you know he remembered what happened against Kentucky, and he just went, good God, I'm in a lose-lose here. Neither situation is probably going to net me any points. I don't trust my kicker to make a 51-yarder, because that is objectively a difficult kick. He would later miss a 23-yarder. Mullen didn't know that at the time, but Mullen still had plenty of data that, that told him that his kicking game was not reliable. And so he said, you know what? I think so little of my kickers that I think it's more likely that we convert a fourth and 13 than kick a 51-yard field goal. That's why he did that. Neither one is very high percentage, but... He thought he had a better chance to get a 4th and 13 than kick a 51-yarder. That's a problem. That's a real, real problem, Dustin, that I don't think enough people are talking about. Yeah, Neil, it's frustrating. Well, I mean, I, I know that I've been, I've been trying to desperately put this game to bed for a while. 
I hate Georgia with a passion. Um, you know how much I hate them. I hate them more than I hate FSU. Um, I hate them more than I hate LSU. Obviously, we hate them more than we hate Tennessee. Let's just do the final word to be let's done move with this. On. How does that sound? Yep. So let's start with the play of the game. I want to be very quick with it. The pick six. I mean, that, that, was, that was the point where any semblance of a dream that Florida had of getting back into the game died. And Richardson, like we said, has to know that Malik Davis is just sitting there in the flat while someone else on the other team has all his momentum heading towards the ball. The guy with momentum is going to grab the ball every single time over the guy that's stationary. He'll learn. He'll figure out that, I, that he can't do that again with a guy in the vicinity. But he did it, and it was a pick six that made a 24 nothing late in the first half and removed any semblance of doubt about the game's outcome. Dustin, what was your play of the game? Well, Neil, to reference a joke I made earlier, I'm going to go with the deflected pass that was then intercepted by Nolan Smith. It's terrible. And after that, and the reason why that was the play of the game is directly following that play, Georgia scored a touchdown. And a play is a play that's disastrous that then that then becomes even more disastrous because the defense then plays horrible. It's a frustrating deal. So I'm going to go with that one. Who was your player of the game? Player? Um, do I have to go with someone on Florida's team? No, you never do. Easy. Nolan Smith. What a guy. Former former five-star. Lives up to the billing. And he's he's def- most definitely going to be a first-round draft pick when, he's, uh, when he chooses to declare. Yeah, hard to argue with that. Just to be different, I'll say Nicobe Dean. Uh, I mean, you know, obvious reasons. He's responsible for seven points. And when a defensive guy is responsible for seven points, he's going to get a lot of attention. Um, I will say, though, one one positive that I took from the game, and then we'll bury it. We'll end on a positive note because, you know, we try to be even-keeled. We don't let the lows get us too low and the highs get us too high whenever possible. The offensive line did a good job for the most part. And I know that that offensive line did not do very well in the second half um, or late in the game especially. But this offensive line is comprised of mostly three stars, and they hung in there, and they really held their own in the trenches, especially Josh Brown. So good job by them. And and that's really like another data point in my favor about why I'm not blaming recruiting for this loss. And I'll say it again. I am not discounting recruiting. It is absolutely a vital piece to success in college football. It's just not why we lost this game. It's not why we've lost any of our first four games this year. And if we lose another game this year, it won't be responsible for that because Florida is significantly more talented than all four remaining teams on the schedule. But yeah, I mean the offensive line did a did a pretty good job, I would say. So I'll I'll give them a little uh, little shout out there. Grades, this will be brutal. Dustin, after you. Offense, I'm gonna have to give them an F. I mean, I know they played the number one defense in the country, but they still played horrible. Um, they, it, Neil, I I, I uh, I'm gonna send you a message. Um, it was almost the end of the game, and I said. I think this is going to be the first time in 417 games for the Gators that they uh, don't score a single point in the game. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God for Emory Jones on that two-yard touchdown run. 
But man, man, oh man, did the offense play terrible. For defense, I'm going to give them a C. Um, they played better than I expected, but they still, they still gave up too many points, obviously. Um, I know that I counted them uh, as, as just as significant a role in, in the loss um, alongside uh, Anthony Richardson. And then special teams, I'm going to give them an F-. minus. I mean, did special teams do anything? I mean, yeah. they. Yeah, Crawshaw hit a few good punts. The but... punts were okay. The um, Some of the, the, the recoveries were okay. I don't I – don't, I don't. I don't remember us fumbling any any recoveries or anything like that. But at the end of the day, you got to make field goals. You got to make field goals, and we could not make a field goal. And special teams continues to be a problem. Deal. I mean, if that's a if that's a different game, and we don't have that meltdown at the uh, at the end of the first half, those field goals that are missed all of a sudden become significantly more important. And those field goals that are missed could have cost Florida the game. You know, if it's a if it's a 13 to 7 kind of game instead of a instead of a, a 20 a 24 to nothing kind of game um, going into the second half, we're, we're looking at something completely different. And those field goals were a big reason why we lost momentum uh, going into that two minute stretch that killed us. And lastly, coaching, awful, F minus. It was, I mean, the, the the plan to win wasn't terrible, but there's coaching mistakes that have become apparent all throughout this team. And 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 Dan Mullen said over and over again in his post game press conference that the buck stops with him, that that he that that he that he needs to that his team needs to be more competitive. And it doesn't make sense how, how Dan Bonley could be a year four and the program is, is still not where he wants it to be. So I have to give the coaching an F minus. Now, when I say F minus, I'm not going with a five or six, you know, it'd probably be more like the 20 to 30 range, but still, it's still pretty bad for an overall score. I'd probably go with, with a 52 or or 55. You know, I'll be nice. I'll, I'll I'll give them a 55 because they played the number one team in the country. I'll give them a little bit of extra credit for that. All right. Well, I mean, look, in, in fairness uh, to, to your um, – I don't know how the program can't be – I don't know how the program could not be where he wants to be in year four. If you think about it, there's, there's only so much improvement over so many years that a team can make. Like – if you're 10 and three, you only have so much room to improve and you go 11 and two the next year. All right. How do you improve from that? You can go 12 and one. And then from there you can go 13 and 0, 14 and 0, whatever national champions. At some point you got to take a step back. Like Alabama has already taken a step back this year from last year. They could win the national championship this year and they will have regressed from last year. So I'm not so concerned with the fact that Florida has taken a step back from last year because even Alabama, even Clemson, as we see this year, Oklahoma, Ohio State, Oregon, even Georgia, all have to go through years that aren't their best because they just have to replace too much personnel from the year before. So 
I'm not going to hate on Mullen for that particular thing. So with that said, great. Offense, eh, D. Passing, but barely. Richardson, I will say again, uh, has a lot of learning to do. I still have still have a lot of belief in his future, but that was that was bad. You know, you gotta you gotta know four or five guys ripping at the ball, just go down. You gotta know if a guy's running a crossing pattern, but there is a defender lurking in the area. Do not throw it. And you have to have to know when you have a running back sitting there in the flat, sitting stationary, not moving. And there's a defender anywhere near him sprinting towards him. Don't try to beat the defender to your running back. Go somewhere else with it. Or pump fake, fake him out, get your running back moving, scramble drill rules, apply, whatever. Do not throw that ball to a guy sitting stationary on the sideline. So he'll learn from that. But the offensive line did well. The running backs ran hard with a purpose. I love Damian Pierce's effort in that game. So I'm going to give them a, a passing grade because of that. Defense, eh, it's hard to evaluate because Stetson Bennett isn't good. But, I mean, he did make the throws he had to make. Florida did take advantage of a few of the bad throws he made. Rashad Torrance picked off two passes. Of course, one of them wound up giving Florida the ball at their own one, which led to the fumble because Florida had to run it out of their own end zone. But I'll give the defense a a D-plus. Again, passing. They weren't terrible you would have liked to have not seen them get shredded on that bomb to Kiaris Jackson. But at the end of the day, not good, but not a complete failure. Special teams is where the failure comes in. Uh, Jeremy Crawshaw saved it from being a zero. Because, I mean, from, from the opening kickoff, Georgia takes the opening kickoff back out to their own 36, and from there it just gets worse and worse and worse. Uh, I mean, he had a few good punts, but there was really nothing else Florida did well. Crispin missed a 23-yarder. I mean, 23 yards, man. 23 yards. That's that's barely farther back than an extra point. And I understand that there's an angle that comes into play there, but college kicker, power five college kicker, you got to hit that. You just, you got to hit that. No, no if, ands, or buts. You've got to hit it and period, end of conversation. Did it cost Florida the win? No, but as Dustin pointed out, without that late second quarter avalanche, it might have. So, and, and, you know, that's why Mullen went for it on fourth and 13. That's why I can't blame him for that. So, yeah, F. Coaching. Mm. This is another one that's hard, again, because Georgia I mean, Georgia is just such, so clearly the better team this year. I'll, I'll, give them a, I'll give them another D. So three Ds and an F. Passing only because he did start Richardson. Um, I thought the play calling was okay in spots. There were some individual play calls I did not get. The fact that you run a double pass or you, know, you run a trick play with, with both QBs in the game, I like that. The problem is the QB has to understand that when the ball is thrown to him and all his receivers are covered, but there's 40 yards of green grass, you got to run, just take off and get 20 yards on the ground. That's not Mullen's fault. That's not coaching. He dialed up a good play that was going to work if the guy who was responsible for throwing the second pass realized 
uh, I can't throw this second pass. Maybe let's improvise. Let's take off and get what I can. That was Richardson, by the way. Jones took the snap, threw it to Richardson, and Richardson then threw it incomplete. So I can't blame Mullen for that because the play was there. But some of, some of the play calls were definitely head-scratching. But because he did ultimately make the move that I think every Gator fan and and coach and anyone with a vested interest in the program realized he didn't have a choice but to make because he finally did that, I will give him a passing grade for it. So overall, eh, 40, 45. It was, it was a failure because the, the, the two minute stretch at the end of the first half was, was pretty, pretty terrible. I mean, it, that, that stretch is going to lose you the game every single time, unless you're playing like Samford. So, or Vanderbilt maybe. So yeah, I, I mean, and, and even if not for that, even if not for that two-minute stretch, the, the special teams is more of a disaster than I would have ever guessed coming into the season, and, and it's not getting any better. If anything, it's going the other way. So it, it's just not a great football team. They did fight. They, they were a feisty football team. They were a scrappy football team. I do, I do like that. I do recognize and credit them for that, but it's just not a good one because there are too many guys that either don't know what they're doing or don't care. And I understand that that's a very harsh accusation to make, but it, look, if, if you want to fight me on that, all I have to say to you is go watch the game tape. The, the full game is up on YouTube. Uh, multiple people have uploaded it already. Go to about 11 minutes and 20 seconds or so, 11 minutes and 15 seconds or so. I can't remember the exact timestamp. Go to like 11 minutes and 15 seconds or so, give or take a few seconds, and watch what happens when a certain defensive player chases the Georgia quarterback. Just watch what happens. And, and, then, and then if you if you debate the point that some Gator players have quit, have shut it down, if you debate that point, then I, I, I openly invite you to tweet me, email me, whatever, comment on a post, whatever, and tell me what you think the explanation for that is. 11-15, give or take a few seconds in the second quarter, Florida's on defense. Yeah, D- Dustin's nodding his head. He knows exactly what I'm talking about. He, he, he knows the play. Yeah, last time, 11-15 in the second quarter, Florida's on defense. Tell me what you think happens. Dustin, uh, let's talk about the games that Florida is playing in November. Because Florida, as you know, I said, you said, Florida's not a great football team right now. You are what your record says you are. Thank you, Bill Parcells, for that tidbit. But the reality is Florida could very easily finish the season eight and four. It's not that unreasonable to expect because there's a talent gap. You know, talk recruiting. There's a talent gap between Florida and each of the four opponents they play to finish the year. It starts with South Carolina. Then there's Samford. Then there's Missouri, who I have been kind of eyeballing as a loss, but they have a lot of problems. And then there's FSU. It's not unreasonable to think Florida could finish the year eight and four. And I think that that would do a lot for this team's morale in the offseason and for the R word, recruiting. I Because right now, like I said, I'm not interested in recruiting as much as I am interested in seeing a product that recruits want to be a part of. And I'll say it again, recruiting is absolutely a vital part of success in college football. But right now, I want to see a a product on the field that recruits can get excited about. 
Because if this team goes off the rails like 2017, 2013, and finishes four and eight or five and seven or whatever, recruits are going to jump ship. They're going to say, yeah, I don't want anything to do with that. And no, I mean, why, why should I go there? So I can, I can fight for bowl eligibility when I can go to Georgia and fight for a national title? No. So this, this comes first. Mullen was not totally wrong when he said, we'll talk recruiting and recruiting season. Yes, he should have had a better answer for that. You cannot just deflect away from that when you sit in the mid-30s and your two best players of the 22 class in Shamar James and Julio Humphrey just decommitted. But he's not totally wrong. So let's start with South Carolina, Dustin, because that is a game that comes next. That is actually a game I'm going to be going to. It will be my first ever road game that I'm ever in attendance for. I, I work for a company in South Carolina. I'm flying down there for work, and it just so happens that Florida plays there this weekend. So should be fun. But anyway, Dustin, South Carolina, they're not good. They don't look good on the field. Their record's not good. Their stats aren't good. And they really didn't look good against Vanderbilt. So what do you make of this team? Because I, I don't know what to make of them because they, they fight – hard in spots like they, they fought hard against georgia they wound up losing by a bunch but they fought in that game and then they had to fight tooth and nail to beat vanderbilt so what do you make of this team they're not good man they're they i mean they've improved a little bit since the beginning of the season but they're four and four they they, they only beat vanderbilt by one i mean that that should tell you everything so um if florida doesn't beat the living daylights out of south carolina then florida's a pretty bad football team which they are, so I think that'll, that'll yeah, say a lot about see, what the what the uh, verdict is going to be like. There are levels to bad, though. I mean, there's there's like there's bad Clemson Tigers level bad, and then there's Vanderbilt uh, Commodores level bad. Like there are different tiers of badness. So Florida is bad for Florida standards. They're four and four. They should finish eight and four. Chalk says they will. Vegas says they will, but it could be seven and five. South Carolina, their schedule is about to take them south fast. Their last four games are against Florida, as we know, Missouri, which is a toss-up, Auburn, and Clemson. They're not winning all four of those. They're gonna finish six and six at best. So I mean and, and Texas AM just clobbered them by 30. Tennessee clobbered them, just like Florida did. So or t- Tennessee clobbered them just the way Florida clobbered Tennessee. So, I mean, I mean their, their stats aren't really good. I mean, Luke Doty is their, as, as their quarterback has only thrown for 975 yards. Granted, he hasn't played the full season because they were also dealing with, uh, with Zeb Nolan, the, the, the grad assistant, um, which is a cool story. But they don't have a quarterback – and they don't have a lot of talent really anywhere. I mean, th- this is not the type of team that had like a Pharaoh Cooper or an Ace Sanders catching passes. They don't have a Jadavion Clowney. Jordan Birch is good, but they don't have a, a real defense that's just loaded with like Devin White. They don't have a Stephon Gilmore in the secondary. They don't have that kind of talent anymore. So they're, I mean, really like the the, the record shows it. They're a team that, struggles tooth and nail to beat Vanderbilt struggles tooth and nail to beat Troy struggles tooth and nail to beat East Carolina somehow I mean puts up a respectable fight for at least a little while against Georgia doesn't come close to winning the game but it's at least respectable after a quarter I think it was 14-6 midway through the second quarter 
Um, but I mean, no, they'll, they'll fight, but they're just not very talented. And, and that's really when I, when I say about recruiting, it's going to be a problem next year and the year after South Carolina is why I say that. Cause if Florida doesn't pick it up fast on the trail, this could be us in a couple years. Of course they were nothing compared to what Florida was the last few years because Will Muschamp was their coach. But this is what happens when your team is left devoid of talent and competes in the SEC. So, but I mean, Florida basically is playing what I think will be the 2024 version of their team. But right now, like 2021 Florida versus 2024 Florida, if 2021 Florida doesn't start recruiting at a much higher level essentially is what this matchup is. So, I mean, there's nothing really to point to that they, that they do well. They don't have a great defense. They don't have a great offense. <laughs> they don't have a great special teams. So, I mean, Beamer has a lot of work to do there and that, that job came open for a reason. And uh, let's do the verdict, Dustin. Let's just, let's get right to it. Yeah. I don't think there's a whole lot to say about this game other than that Florida is much more talented. And for all we want to criticize Mullen, better coached so verdict um keys to the game so neil my 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 key to the game is going to be turnovers florida needs to not only not turn over the ball but force turnovers i was very i was very happy with uh rashad torrance and and his ability to, to capture two interceptions against georgia um obviously he probably could have been a little bit smarter on the uh, the first one where he uh, he accidentally, uh, well, it, it was an accident. He he he, yeah, that's he by say, choice. You can't blame him for that because yeah, you, you never know if the referee is going to grant you a touchback or not, and you can't exactly stop in the middle of the interception return to ask him. So I, yes. I can't blame him for that. That's a hard one. That's a that's a no man's land for for uh, for that type of uh, turnover. So yeah, I mean, let's do it some more. Um, I want to see Kyer Elam. Uh, put on a show. He, he's he's been uh, less than uh, elite the last few games, um, and I, I I expect him to to return to that elite status against South Carolina. So, um, yeah, we got to force turnovers. All right. Um, I know you go with that one a lot, but you go with it a lot because it's true. I want to see AR fifteen just go nuts. I want to see AR 50, assuming he's healthy, of course, because Dan Mullen is not going to tell us. Um, but e- even if it's not him, let's say Emory Jones, I want to see Florida get the kind of quarterback play that belongs at the university of Florida. And even though we know that both AR 15 and Emory Jones definitely have their limitations, or at least this year they do. I, I would like to just throw that all away and just pretend, just pretend for one night, one night, that Florida has elite QB play as bad of a defense as they may be going up against. I want to see elite quarterback play for just one night this season so that there's at least something nice to remember. And if Florida doesn't get elite QB play, they can still win the game, but good to great to elite QB play is what will make this game a laugher very early and, and take the suspense out of the game and, I mean, with, with a talent disparity like this, the longer it stays a game, the more nervous we get and the more of a chance South Carolina has to pull it out in the end. So granted for some selfish reasons, but also in terms of 
cutting the head off the chicken for lack of a better word. Um, I'm thinking of foghorn leghorn right now. Um, but yeah, for lack of a, of a better metaphor, uh, cut the head off the chicken early, just get it over with, remove the doubt from the game's outcome and just let's see a Florida Gator team play like the Florida Gators. So good QB play will be the way to do that. Um, score prediction, Dustin. 27 to 27 to seven. Okay. Yeah, that, that's about what I have actually. Um, I'm going to go with 31 to six for Florida. The one thing South Carolina does have is a good field goal kicker, Parker white, not very good special teams overall. The punting game has been a bit of a problem for them. They've allowed some returns, but they do have a good kicker. So I'll give them credit for two field goals. And I think Florida will do enough to win um, 31 to six. Actually, Bill, let me say this. I'm giving our defense, I'm giving Todd Grantham way too much credit in saying that they're only going to score seven points. So let me, let me do 30 to 13, 30-13. I mean, our defense didn't really give up that many deserved points to Georgia. I mean, Georgia wound up with 34, but think about it. One was a 42-yard run when the game is already well over. One was a pick six. That's 14. One was an 11-yard touchdown drive, and one was a 36-yard touchdown drive on one bust. So Grantham's got to be fired. There's no doubt. He is – he is a cancerous tumor to this football program. But this particular game was not his fault. So I'm willing to believe that the defense will keep it going and, and play with that same energy as a whole. I'm hoping that the players who are responsible for the things like the play I pointed out, again, 11-15 to go in the second quarter. <laughs> go watch it. Go watch the play. Plays like that, some players are responsible for other you know, pieces of tape that look like that. But for the ones that aren't, I'm thinking they'll take it to the next level. They'll feel like their time in Gainesville is running out. They're going to make gonna make some good game tape for themselves for NFL scouts to look at. And I think that collectively they will play well. So 31-6 is my score prediction. Uh, before we go, got to shout out our partners slash sponsors. Of course, we're proudly partnered with the Gator Good Foundation, the nonprofit organization that sends an underprivileged Gator fan to the swamp. We did so this year in 2021. We got a military vet named Ontario Jones to the Florida-Tennessee game. Got to watch the Gators pound on the balls. Probably the the most the the only real joyful Gator game day all season. FAU and USF and Vandy didn't really elicit joy. They were just you know sighs of relief and shrugs of uh, you know of a ho hum victory. So so the, the only real joy eliciting game. Uh, we got Ontario too, but regardless of that, we are looking to send at least one, if not two, potentially to their first ever game in 2022. To help us do that, please go to our website, GatorGoodFoundation.com, where you can learn more about our specific missions as well as find the links to donate. Again, that is GatorGoodFoundation.com. You can also message us on social media at the Gator Good on Twitter at Gator Good Foundation on Instagram and the Gator Good Foundation on Facebook. Second, we're proudly sponsored by Stingray Branding. These folks will put a sting in your marketing and deliver results that will wow your clients. Whether it's web design, logo design, branding, graphic design, social media management, search engine optimization, marketing strategy, or mobile app design, Stingray Branding has you covered. If you or someone you know needs professional help in any of the above, here are two great reasons why you should choose Stingray Branding. 
One is it's a veteran-owned business, especially with Veterans Day coming up. Can't think of a better way to properly thank those who serve our country than by giving the business. And two, it's run by a Florida Gator. So yes, they do great work, but they do great work and they're owned by a Gator fan who happens to be a U.S. veteran as well. To learn more about their services and rates, go to stingraybranding.com. And Dustin, I think that is the end of our discussion about or on the podcast that is tasked with recapping one of the ugliest Florida-Georgia games I've ever seen. That was, that was my first ever Florida-Georgia game in person, and it will not be the last, um, and it will be one that I will quickly forget. But I will say, as a bit of a closing thought, that the pageantry – the camaraderie, just the atmosphere in Jacksonville, the tailgating on the docks of the river, seeing all those boats. I'm going to go on a boat ride next year, I think. I've already made some tentative plans for that. Um, but just just the overall atmosphere and, and the game day experience in Jacksonville is absolutely incredible. And I, I don't think the game should ever be moved. I, there was a time where I once did, but after experiencing that, I know that that game belongs in Jacksonville forever. So there will be better times in Jacksonville for sure between Florida and Georgia in future years. But this year, obviously not one that we're going to remember very fondly. Dustin, you got any closing thoughts before we call the show? You know, I'll just say this. I think that Florida, I think Florida has a lot to prove over the next four games. Well, Florida doesn't have necessarily any major games besides arguably the FSU game at the end of the season, which is always a big game. I think Florida really has to prove that they're, they're built for more. I mean, I want to see – if so be it, the bunker mentality. I want to see this team respond to getting embarrassed by Georgia. I want to see this team respond, and that's it. I, I mean, I'll go to say go Gators because, man, it, it's it's frustrating. I just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, these next four games are going to tell us a lot about the future of the program. I mean, if Florida builds some momentum in these last four games and, you know, makes themselves feel good about themselves, they could go into the, at the end of the recruiting cycle, really swinging and saying, Hey, we're building something here. You know, October, September, weren't really great, but we're building, we're building. November is what we're getting all about. We're going to keep building off the momentum. You sell that to recruits, you go into their living rooms and you sell them on that, bring them to your campus and you sell them on that. You show them some tape and you, of, of the atmosphere of the FSU game and you sell them on that and you might have something going in the next year. Florida, as a team is at a crossroads right now, because that's certainly one direction it could go. But if Florida loses any of these four games, it might be time to pull the alarm bell. Like it, it, it will be bad news. If Florida loses to South Carolina, really bad news. They lose to Sanford, Missouri, or FSU. They should go eight and four. These are four games that Florida should win handily, but I mean, they should have beaten Kentucky also, and they should have beaten LSU. So we'll see, man. Still a lot of football to be played, despite the fact that Florida's out of national championship contention, out of New Year's Six contention for that matter. There is still a lot to play for and a lot to prove. It's all about setting the table for 2022. I am irritated 
with this football program right now, but I am still excited to see what happens the last four games. I will be there in Columbia this Saturday to see the Gators in person. Go Gators in all kinds of weather. We will all stick together as frustrated as we may be. We will always continue to stick together for F L O R I D a see y'all next week. Go Gators.